In today's show, I'm looking at players that might be moved, one from each team, before the NBA trade deadline. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. So today I'm going to do something, I'm not sure if I've ever done it before. We're going to go through all 30 NBA teams and pick one player from each team who I think is a chance to get traded. Now in general, these guys won't get traded. They probably won't get traded for each other and it might not have any fantasy impact. So yeah, I'm really selling this show, but I'm just going through and just talking about some guys who maybe have a chance to get dealt. So let's talk about those players right now. Let's start with the Atlanta Hawks. And I think the obvious one there, and you could see, I guess, from the thumbnail was John Collins. Um, I don't think they're valuing him as the second piece next to Trey Young. They, w- you know, they would have offered him more money as a contract. They would have played him in a l- larger role this year. They wouldn't have brought in players to play his positions if that was the case. Uh, I just don't think they view him that way. So, yeah, that means that, you know, him entering restricted free agency, if they could get any sort of deal for him, I think they'd be happy. Now, in some situations, it's probably going to be better off if he is moved for fantasy because, obviously, he's not living up to that potential that we saw last season. But it's going to have to be a very, very select group of teams that he goes to that he's able to put up those numbers that we saw last year. Like, very, very few teams will offer him that same opportunity. Maybe the Thunder, the Hornets, um... Even like if he went to the Pistons, he wouldn't get that chance necessarily. Although you know, playing next to Jeremy Grant, maybe. There's there's not that many options out there. Brooklyn, Spencer Dinwiddie. I know he's hurt, but that's why. They're a team that is going to win right now. So a guy that maybe he pushes back for the playoffs. Maybe. Maybe he makes it into the playoffs. I, I don't know. But even if he does, he'd have to ramp himself up. <clears throat> and they just... They just don't need what he brings. Like his advantage was being that second ball handler without Kyrie. They got James Harden now, and Dinwiddie has appeal around the league. Obviously, it's not ideal that he's <clears throat> dealing with his torn ACL. He's got one more year left on his contract. Um, I think that he is a guy that has appeal. What's he going to be paid? Like eleven million next year. Twenty-seven years of age. Very, very big appeal, and for a team that needs or you know, wants to push for a win, I think that makes sense. Boston, I think Tristan Thompson, we're seeing him being yeah, slightly marginalized at the moment uh, with Rob Williams taking those minutes. They don't need Thompson there. Williams and Tice can handle all the center minutes. It's going to be easier to do that once Marcus Smart comes back and you don't have to play. Well, you don't have to play him now, but when you, you're not um, thinking that you have to play two centers together in a starting lineup. I know they just signed Thompson, um, but that shouldn't matter. Look, the move was incorrect at the time. I think the move looks more incorrect now. And I think if they could get out of Tristan Thompson and just you know, get wing players or fours or, or, or guards or anything back there in exchange, I think would be a good deal for Boston. The Charlotte Hornets could have gone with Devontae Graham here, um, but he has not had a good season. And I think they still value him a little bit. I think it's Cody Zeller. P.J. Washington can play at center. They've got Biombo who can fill in some minutes there. They'll be in the market to trade 
for a center or sign a free agent center. John Collins, Andre Drummond, who knows what they're looking for. But I don't think Zeller is a part of their future. So I think he is an opportunity or has an opportunity to get moved. This one might be controversial. The Chicago Bulls, Lowry Markkinen. I think they'd love to trade Otto Porter. I just don't know if Otto Porter is going to play. His back is rooted. And I don't know how committed they are to Lowry Markkinen. Yeah, Markkinen is a guy that yeah, has stepped up this year with some efficiency, but injured again. Um, struggles defensively. Yeah, hadn't ever been a lights-out shooter. He's got restricted free agency coming up as well. I don't really... I don't really think that they're valuing him as high as what his value may be in other spots. So I can see him getting moved. I think if he does get moved, his value in fantasy would almost definitely decline. But I could see him being a, a, a move that they look to make. They can they play Pat Williams at the four. That's his position. The Cavs. I don't have Andre Drummond there because I just don't know who's trading for that contract. Andre Drummond, you know, he could get bought out. Don't think the Cavs are buying him out. I think he's got to ride on the bench all year, to be honest. I'd say there's maybe a 40% chance of that happening, maybe a 30% chance of, of him getting traded, and maybe a 30% chance of buyout. Maybe it's high. Maybe it's 60% chance of him just sitting on the bench. I think JaVale McGee is the guy for Cleveland who is the most likely to get traded. I could also throw Torian Prince in that mix, but I think McGee is. They can trade him with Love. and Love, sure. Nance, sure. They're not part of the future on this team, but they do mean something to the Cavs leadership and history is important. So I think they'd like to keep them around and with for, just for that reason. And with those guys coming back, yeah, they don't need front court minutes. They need guard minutes desperately. So they'd be looking to move on from McGee. The Mavericks is one of the hardest teams to find that player. I don't believe they're trading Porzingis. Porzingis. Um, it could have been Willie Cauley-Stein or Dwight Powell, but I don't think that's the case. Kleber, Richardson, no, probably not. Finney Smith, no. I think it's Trey Burke, who they came into the season with some decently high hopes for because he played so well in the bubble. But this is what Trey Burke does. He comes in, he has 10-game stretches where he goes, oh my God, Trey Burke, what's going on here? And then he shit outs again. This is just what Trey Burke does. And I'd say they'd be pretty disappointed with where Burke sits at the moment. You know, in the future, he's not a part of their future plans. You're going to have guys like Brunson you know, continue to have those roles. Josh Green's going to step into rotation roles at some point. I think they'd just like to move on from Burke and see if they can get anything back. Denver. Could have been Gary Harris here, but I went with Will Barton instead. Um... We know that Malone has concerns with Porter. Sometimes front offices need to take players away from coaches in order to get the prospects and the younger and more future important players uh, minutes. The Nuggets have already done this once to Malone when they traded away Jameer Nelson because he refused to play Jamal Murray. And I can see them doing a similar thing here with Will Barton. The Pistons, I didn't have Blake Griffin there, even though they're holding him out trying to work for a trade. Because, again, who's trading for, what, $70 million worth of salary over two years? How hard is that going to be to achieve? I think the guy that they can maybe get a late first, early second back for is the Duke Wayne Ellington. Started out red hot, can come in, provide 15 minutes of you know, really good shooting. Like, just look at the role that, say, Gabe Vincent or Max Struess has played for Miami this year. Like, Alan Ellington, I think Ellington's been a member of the Heat before, but he could come in. And he can play 15 minutes and just be a guy that gets him some threes. There are plenty of teams that I think could deal with or need that in spot sort of minutes. The Warriors was a tougher one. I don't think they'd be trading Andrew Wiggins. Draymond and Steph, obviously not. Wiseman, no. Looney, no. Bazemore, probably not. Kelly Oubre was a name that I considered. It wasn't who I uh, It wasn't who I landed on, though. It was the triangle Eric Pascal, who, amazingly, 
and ridiculously was named to the first team or rookie team last year and has been poor. Now, he wasn't great last year. Let's not get that rookie season confused with greatness. But he's been much worse this year. His best role has been as a, as a small ball center. And they have three other guys who play center better than him. Actually, that's, maybe that's not true. Three other guys, they want to play center more than him. Wiseman, Looney, and Draymond. They can bring up Smilogic at some point to take some of these backup minutes if they're really desperate. And I think there is still some cachet around Pascal because he scores a lot. That's what he does. He goes in and scores and takes shots. And there is still the shine of last year. So I think he's an option to get moved. The Rockets, Victor Oladipo. I don't think he wants to be a part of their future. I don't think they necessarily want him to be a part of their future. They'd love it. I think if they could get it at a decent price, but they don't want to be handing out four years, $100 million plus for Victor Oladipo. I don't think anyone wants to do that, but I think that's what Victor wants. They have got guys like Kevin Porter. They've got guys like Daniel House. They've got guys like Jay Sean Sean Tate who can handle these minutes. I think he is as good as gone, to be honest. The Indiana Pacers, Jeremy Lamb was maybe a name that I thought of there. Uh, Miles Turner, they apparently don't like him, despite him being their second best player. Uh, maybe best player, depending on how you view things. I think Aaron Holiday might be in risk. Well, one of the Holidays, Justin or Aaron, I think uh, is, is probably one of the guys they might look to move on for. Holiday has stagnated, in my opinion. You're overtaken by guys like Timothy John McConnell. Um, they're going to get Levert back, so it's another ball handler coming back. TJ Warren's going to come back. Yeah, he's just not going to be part of the rotation, so I think they'd like to move on from him. The Clippers. I think it might be Lou Williams. I don't think Lou Williams is a part of the future. Actually, I know he's not a part of the future on this team. I think they would have liked... Now, I'd be more certain about this if, say, Luke Kennard had played well this year, but he hasn't. But I could see Kennard stepping into the Williams role, Terrence Mann taking on his bench role, Reggie Jackson getting more minutes. I just think you get some cachet with Lou Williams. It might be a chemistry issue that they don't decide to do it, but I reckon you could get somewhat of an upgrade by, getting, uh, by trading out of Lou Williams. The Lakers... I was going to say Kyle Kuzma, but I think he has improved enough defensively. A bloke that I don't think is actually going to be any sort of factor really in the playoffs, which you'll think is amazing for the reigning sixth man of the year. I don't think Montrez Harrell is a factor. His minutes are going down and down and down. And when he doesn't play next to Anthony Davis, he basically can't play. His minutes are going down without Davis because he doesn't have any defensive um, assistance. And what he provides, it just isn't as useful in the playoffs. I don't know who they trade him for. Do they, they probably would like to get a different sort of center in there. But I think we're seeing that with Vogel at the moment. That he's just like, I, I don't think that what this guy does well is what is needed for our, us to be successful. So I think he could move. Memphis. Tough one. I was going to say Dylan Brooks because I just don't think he's very good. But I went with one, which I think, again, is probably one that will be debated a bit. Maybe. We'll see. Kyle Anderson. He's been awesome this year. His best position is the four. So is Jaron Jackson's. Probably so is Brandon Clark's. Probably so is Justice Winslow's. And Anderson, while peaking in his value at the moment, I don't know if this team's going anywhere. They're probably not. Anderson's a little bit older. I think there is some value in what he can do. Ball handler on the wing, defender on the wing, shooting the ball well this year somehow. There is some value there. And it does help to tidy up the rotation when Jackson's back. You, can, you play Jackson at the four. You get Winslow some minutes there. Brandon Clark's role is solidified. Maybe you trade it for future assets, for a draft pick perhaps, because your rotation's already pretty stacked. I think I, I would like to see them get rid of uh, Brooks and Allen, but I think Anderson's a, a sneaky guy to have a look at there. The Miami Heat, Kendrick Nunn. Again, the rotation minutes for him, 
Who knows where they're going to be when everyone is healthy? He's been really good this year when given those opportunities. But I think that for a Miami team that, again, might have to squeeze him out of the rotation and is wanting to push for the top of the Eastern Conference, maybe they look at him and someone else in a package to improve some other areas, especially at the four. They need a four badly. They need someone to play next to Bam Adebayo. And I think that they could use none to upgrade that spot. The Bucks aren't as good as last year, and I think some of the blame has to go for or go towards Dante DiVincenzo replacing Wes Matthews. In terms of the Bucks, it is hard to find that trade because they just don't have any assets. You're not viewing Jordan Wara or Sam Merrill or DJ Wilson or Thanasis Antetokounmpo as assets. The only asset there is DiVincenzo. And I'm not really sure. I could have had Bobby Portis in there, I guess. He's playing above his head. And I'm not sure, much like Montrez Harrell, I'm not sure he's going to have any impact in the playoffs at all. But I think DiVincenzo probably has a little bit more uh, cachet in terms of trade value. And I, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's moved. The number six pick from the 2019 NBA draft, Jarrett Culver. I think the Timberwolves would uh, be happy to cut bait on him. He is not good. The uh, pick of him wasn't fantastic last year. It looks worse every day. Um, if I was them, I'd be looking to move D'Angelo Russell, to be honest. Um, but I don't know we're getting much value back on him, especially while hurt. I'm not sure we're getting much value back on Culver, to be honest, either. But maybe there is still that shine of being the number six pick that you can get something back. The Pelicans are going to go with Eric Bledsoe. I don't think they should trade Lonzo Ball. I don't think they will trade Lonzo Ball. It could have been JJ Redick. It could have been Stephen Adams, but they just signed him to an extension, so probably not. Well, actually, I don't even think that's allowed for Stephen Adams. Bledsoe doesn't make a ton of sense there. Let Lonzo handle things. Get Alexander Walker and Lewis and Josh Hart filling those minutes. I think you can get something back for Bledsoe, especially given the minutes that he's playing at the moment. And he is looking a bit better, and he's shooting well this year. For the Knicks, Reggie Bullock. Um... The Knicks were a tough one for me here. They could have you know, jettisoned someone like Kevin Knox, uh, Alfred Payton in that mix as well. But I think Bullock is a guy that, again, like Wayne Ellington earlier, has some appeal as a three-point shooting wing. He probably won't go and start on another team, but he can provide rotation minutes on a team that does need shooting and needs some spacing and can be useful in that situation. And the Knicks, while that's been a, a, a very pleasant surprise story this season, they're not winning a title. They're probably not getting home court advantage. They're probably not winning a playoff series, even if they get into the playoffs. So I think just getting some assets for a guy that's nowhere near a part of your core, I think would be a smart move. The Thunder. I don't think it's Al Horford. I don't think anyone's trading for Al Horford. I don't think anyone wants to take that contract up. And the Thunder will just say, fine, we'll deal with it. We're not trading unless we're getting something good back. And they won't get anything good back. So George Hill's that guy. Now, whether that's a second round pick for George Hill, they've got uh, the Salt Flake, Theo Malinan. They've got Ty Jerome. Who can handle the point guard role? They've got Shea Gildas-Alexander. They've got Hamadou Diallo, who's doing it at a pinch. Hill is a nice throw-in piece in all the parts and pieces they got in the offseason, but he's not a part of what they need to do. So he's out. The Magic, Evan Fournier. Expiring contract, value around the league. I think he'd have some, I think have some value in Boston, to be honest. As a nice bench scorer, sixth man type. Don't know how they get, get him, but I can see Fournier going there. I can see Fournier getting moved. There's no point for Orlando to hold on to him. As you saw in my Orlando Magic 2K rebuild, he was out the door pretty quick. Philadelphia. Shake Milton. Not really sure about this one. Could have said they could have moved Tyrese Maxey for some win-now help. Mike Scott, Furkan Korkmaz. But you got to look at it from both sides. Like, who wants those guys? I think there is appeal for Milton in some areas across the league. He's been up and down. And they have a ready-made replacement in Tyrese Maxey who can just step in and do 80% of what Milton does, 
give it two months, he probably does 120% of what Milton does. Milton has appeal, and I think they value him, so that, that's why I'm a little bit uh, skeptical of it. But I think they could get some value back there that could help them right now. And they've got a replacement already in-house. The Suns, tough one. How bold do I get? DeAndre Ayton, they're never going to do it. Um, McCall Bridges is untouchable. Devin Booker is untouchable. Etwan Moore, Langston Galloway, who gives a shit? I think Cam Johnson might be it to me. Johnson um, you know, had a chance at starting this year and now moved back to backup power forward and at sometimes third string power forward behind Frank Kaminsky for some reason. Has probably stagnated a little bit after his form in the bubble. I don't think they'd love to get rid of him, but the Suns are the second seed in the West. So amazingly, they're, they're win now. Like they're in win now mode. And while it's great to have Cam Johnson, although he's 25, 26, like, is he? I mean, am I making that up? No, he, he is that old, isn't he? I don't want to uh, be throwing out false numbers here, but he is old as shit. Um, so while you heard it's great to have a young player to develop, he's not that young. Let me get my the exact number. He's 24. Apologies to you, Cameron Johnson. Um, yeah, he's, not, he's still not that young, though. Cost-controlled rookie contract, so that's appealing to other teams. I just think that, you know, I don't think that he's a guy that's... I don't think he's a guy that you have to move on from. Let's put it that way. But I also think that you might be able to get an improvement to try and win now at the moment. He's actually just turned 25 uh, yesterday. So happy birthday, Cam Johnson. Anthony Simons for Portland. Had a nice little 10-game run. Falling back off again. Absolutely stagnated last year. Gary Trent's ahead of him. <clears throat> I don't think Simons is a point guard. They'd love to get another ball handler. Well, they claim they wouldn't love to get another ball handler because Anthony Simons is the backup point guard, but they're lying to themselves. So I think that there is still appeal in his athleticism and the flashes that he shows, the youngness, the raw potential that they can move from him and maybe get themselves an established ball handler back. Oops, forgot to put on my last uh, my last team. All right, the last bunch of guys, the Sacramento Kings, Buddy Heald. Who's taking it? I don't know. He's been terrible this year. The Kings, I don't think, want him around personally. They are playing him a lot of minutes though, but he has regressed significantly. I think Heald is a pretty key key guy that they would love to move on from. I think you could put Harrison Barnes in there. In fact, you could put the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. I think he's an option in there as well. And I could throw Hassan Whiteside in there as well. For the Spurs, they don't make in-season trades. So this is basically useless. But I think LaMarcus Aldridge, you've got to inquire about it. He's not the center of their future. He's not any part of their future. He's not even the center of the present. Jakob Pertl, I think, might have that locked down. He's got name value. You can probably still move on from him to get something back, whether it's you know, future first, whatever. I think, you, I think you consider it. Aldridge could come in. I don't know how it works, but in Toronto, bench big man. Sure, I think it works. Speaking of Toronto, Aaron Baines uh, has not been what they wanted. I think... Yeah, Baines obviously had that real hot stretch last year and then got hurt and wasn't great and then got COVID and has sucked ever since. I don't know if it's COVID-related because he was sucking before the COVID too, but he has been really bad this year. And I think they just like an upgrade there somewhere. The Jazz, almost an impossible one. I, I think there's zero chance they make a move unless it's on the fringes where Jarrell Brantley gets moved for something or Mia One is moved. But out of the key guys, I think there is a chance that Boyan Bogdanovic could be moved. It's like a 0.02% chance. But it's a higher chance than Clarkson or Conley or Mitchell or Gobert or even Royce O'Neal. Because if Bogdanovich goes, you can just put Ingles into that role. Then finding an Ingles replacement is tough. But I don't think Utah does anything. Washington, Davis Bertans. 
Big contract, five years, $80 million. Knee being a problem for him all year. Hasn't been good all year. This team's not going anywhere. It was a weird contract to give in terms of years, given his age and uh, where the team sits. They play him off the bench. He should start, of course, over Rui Hachimura, but he doesn't. He would be highly valued. They should have traded him last year, but now there is a lot of contract certainty with Bertans. It might be too much for a lot of teams, but he would be unbelievably good on good playoff teams. Unbelievably good. Just don't know if they've got the foresight to be able to do it. Guys, that'll do it. What do you think? Which one was the most likely? Which one was the least likely? Let me know. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Hit the thumbs up. Give the notification bell a bit of a tickle as well. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. See ya.